officially starting. You ready for the official start? I am ready. Let's do this thing. All right. Three, two. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Legion of Myth live stream. This is episode 139, coming at you right now as we speak, or, well, I guess whenever you're listening to it, that is when it is coming at you. I am Alex Garth on Marsh. With me, as always, is Brett Heathen, Dog Grissom Mare. Hello, everyone. I'd like to thank all of the viewers who have uh, stayed over from uh, Max's marathon stream. Thank you for sticking in there. He did, and you're doing him justice. He did 16 hours of streaming. Yes. My favorite is by the end of it, he was speaking in tongues and couldn't grasp the English language anymore. It was true. <laughs> it was hilarious. But anyway, I go out go. That wasn't the best part, but it certainly was a good part of it. <laughs> How are you today in this post-Thanksgiving weekend? Oh, bigger. I am bigger. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we had relatives come from out of town like, oh, no, we're going to deep fry a turkey this year. I had pictures of the whole house burning down, but that didn't happen, and that thing was damn delicious. And that's see, I just can't Ugh. get with the fried turkey. I just I can't. I know a lot of people it, love it. I, I have to argue with it. It was crispy and moist, and I ate too much of it. That's good. I grill it. Slap the whole thing on a grill. Show some apple chips in there. It gets smoked Fine. and grilled. It's good stuff. That sounds good to me. Yeah, it's good. The fried ain't bad. I think I just would actually fry one properly. Like the couple times I've had it, I don't think it was fried right. It just was kind of yeah. dry and greasy. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That that the improper temperature too long, something like that. Yeah, right? what you are describing you. is not what I've had. Okay, I got you. I got yeah. You. Well, so. what do we got coming at us for us today? That's what. Ah, I'll tell you what we have. We have Sweet. Heathen Dog's Heathen Dog, where he speaks of the future, man. That's how it's pronounced, right? Uh, yeah, that's it. Damn, Spot I'm good. Ah, oh. <laughs> professional announcer, no problem. In Garthon's comic poll, we're going to learn a lesson about disappointment with Silver Sable 36, the Doomsday Clock number one, and the Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows number 13. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Doomsday Clock number one. This is a big, this is going to be a big thing, right? And they blundered it out of the uh, gate? Uh, I didn't say that. I said we're learning uh -oh. about disappointment. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, right. Sorry, it might be a disappointment sandwich, maybe just the middle one. It might be like a... <laughs> disappointment a dis bread. Yeah, you never know. There you go. Okay, we'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> and in the RNG, we're going to talk about EA's continuing blunders because they can't just have one. No, no. they got to keep going. they they, they got to really, really lean into it. And actually, that's a nice tie-in to Disney's anger, anger. So there's a tie-in there we'll talk about. Excellent. Interesting thing going on there. Hey, hey Duncan Idaho. He's also following the incinerated meats. Yes, good. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, it is. Yep. What's neat about things... What's neat for me about Thanksgiving is uh, my family is obviously of European descent. My wife's is of Filipino. And mm -hmm. the, uh, we I live with her relatives, not in their house, but, you know, next to them. Well, not next to, more like a two-minute walk. Anyway. The, uh, <laughs> Too much next to. Okay, continue. <laughs> continuing. The, uh, the first Thanksgiving I ever had with them, um, it was all Filipino food. Pancit, lumpia, you know, all that. Putu. 
uh, Bobinka, all the stuff. And then, you know, there was like one spiral ham. But since I've joined the family, now it's actually like you got your turkey and your super white bread, uh, sweet potatoes with marshmallows on top, you know, because, you know, I love that stuff. You know, you got all, and you still have all the, uh, you know, the putu pavinka, pancit lumpia. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's, uh, that's why I love America. You have diversified somebody else's family. Good job. It was awesome. Well, they diversified. <laughs> well, it's neat because, you know, it's not like, you know, this has to be replaced or anything. You know what? Throw it in there because this is America. You just throw it all in. Yes. You know what? Get, put some tacos. I freaking love tacos. <laughs> Turkey and, taco. Bad. Well, you know what's great at this time it's of year? Here. You know, like, ah, I just forgot. Tamales, man. This is tamale season. Oh, it is. If you're from the Southwest, tamales, man. Okay, well, yeah, I'm not from. So. But you like tamales? You gotta. You I, can't say tamales. You gotta say tamales. That's how they know you're serious. Okay, I, okay. I, I'm not serious then, because uh, I have had tamales uh, several times in my life, and only once that I think it was good. And on uh, this was at Keesler Air Force Base. Where's Keesler? Is that New Mexico? No. Where is that? Mississippi. If oh, you so you had good it. ones in Keesler. Yes. All right. I can believe it. There's a lot of, you know, hey, a lot Duck of people Duck running Duck around. How you doing, man? Thank you very much. Hey, good to see you, Duck D.A. World. Nice to see you. Salutations. But anyway, that's enough about Thanksgiving. I just thought it was interesting. You know, over the years, it's changed gradually. So, you know, it's like more Thanksgiving than ever. It's so awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Kids running around, people screaming. It's great. Maybe not that part so much. Anyway. Uh, we are continuing to with our disclaimer. The opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. Well, while we make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foulries and offensive language. Max does have a segment. Uh, thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. Dr. World says, happy quacks from Normandy, gentlemen. Ah, love it. Hey, we don't care what the Polish say about Normandy. You're you're all you're all fine people. Normandy's by France. You're thinking yes. Norway. Oh, you're right. For you're France. Oh, awful. Awful. Normandy's awesome. No. Yes, no. it is. No. French people suck. Sorry, man. Sorry. <laughs> we just lost a viewer. It's it's my fault. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take that heat. <laughs> uh Zelda Rose stuffy by. Make your blade they see me pulled pork. Ooh, that sounds good. I like that. It does sound good. I love hearing all this food for Thanksgiving. It's great. Stop it. Oh. <laughs> pumpkin pie. Oh, we had bourbon pumpkin pie. Stop it. We use I'm telling you that works. Of course it works. It's liquor and it's pie. It's going to be fine. Got to put in some high-end bourbon. You can't put whatever, you know, magical Rot 10 gut. cent gin juice you get yeah. off the street corner that you drink every weekend. <laughs> Rot gut bottom shelf That's nonsense. Right. Anyway, if you like, subscribe, you want to comment, you can do this through Twitch, YouTube, Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, tweet us at Legion of Myth, uh, Discord, Facebook Messenger, or Steam Group, or get the audio version on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play Music. If you're doing through iTunes, please drop us a five-star rating. I don't care if you write they suck in the comments, just drop the five stars. Yeah, uh, it'll be really funny. It'll be funny. It'll be, you'll be ironic. Oh, they got apple pies and calvados. Oh, and fresh cream. I love it. Love it. Oh, man, I love an apple pie with some nice fresh vanilla ice cream, man, with a hot pie and the cold ice cream. Oh, man. All right, this would be great if not for all the French people. Well, Normandy's not France. It's close enough, man. It's They're Britain. influenced. It's England. They're influenced. Whatever. What, why You're... do you think they built a tunnel? The French want to invade. The, Fr <laughs> the French don't want to invade anyone. They just want someone to be able to come rescue them the next time Germany invades. 
make it easier. <laughs> but now, don't notice he said. Notice he said the next time. <laughs> he didn't say if. He said the next time. On a long enough timeline, eh, you know. I'm a bad person. Oh, Max Leo's there. That's gonna be enough to make anyone revolt. There you go. Moving on. <laughs> If you want to support the Legion of Myth, and why wouldn't you after this? <laughs> after this. After this. <laughs> uh, you can through twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth, a uh, Patreon subscription through a Streamlabs donation, uh, directly through PayPal, or getting our gear at shop.spreadshirt.com. We are, of course, you know, wear the gear because we like it. It's good stuff. I have to keep the ladies away from me as long as I I'm wear I'm actually this. wearing mine, but it's really cold where I am, so. Oh, someone Ta-da, logged in as Max go. and is pretending to be angry at us. I don't believe it. I don't believe it either. No. That's crazy. <laughs> What has happened to the live stream this week? All right. So, speaking of Maximilian Lyo, who we all love and appreciate, let us get gain something from him. Let us gain yes. a piece of Max Liao's celestial wisdom. Hello, Legionnaires. This is Max Liao from Legion of Myth, and today I'm going to review Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Incidentally, I recently completed Kingdoms of Amalur via Twitch livestream, and you can find the videos on the Legion Myth YouTube channel. So let's get started here. Developer of Kingdoms of Amalur is Big Huge Games and 38 Studios. I should have said R, not is there, huh? The publishers are 38 Studios and later on Electronic Arts. Uh, this is the only game created by 38 Studios before the company filed for bankruptcy. Other names of notes for the credits here are uh, Ari Salvatore, who created the universe and lore, and Todd McFarlane, who worked on the art. Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning was released on 7th of February 2012, with the DLC The Legend of Dead Kel released on 20 March 2012, and Teeth of Naros on 17 April 2012. So what is Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning? It's an action role-playing game in which you play a resurrected character who in death has lost his memories. This loss becomes a strength for the character as he is now fateless, not bound by destiny or the rules of gods and men. <laughs> Kingdoms of Amalur was one of those games that sat in my Steam library for a long time. I often considered playing it, but never did. When I finally set myself to play it, I wasn't really expecting anything spectacular. Yeah, World of Warcraft style graphics covering an action RPG. Kind of figured it'd be little more than a linear hack and slash with a couple of RPG style tropes or choices as I fight my way to the boss and then be done with it. I'm happy to say that I was wrong. So let's get started with the game. Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning is a role-playing game, so you start off by creating a character. There are two human and two elven choices. Elves are called Elfar in this game, along with uh, gender and name customization to get you started. Once you create your character, you'll enter the game classless, or fateless in game terms. As you play and gain experience, you'll effectively choose a class via the abilities you choose under Might, Finesse, and Sorcery headings. Basically, was it uh, uh, Fighter, Rogue, and Wizard. In my playthrough, I focused heavily on the Sorcery skill tree. You can mix and match those and kind of multi-class yourself as well. It's a very interesting system. Your character starts off just as he rises from the dead. You have no weapons, no armor, and no clue who you are. From this point forward, you're exploring and learning as you go. The world is quite large, with multiple continents and biomes. Is biomes the right term to use in an RPG? Well, I'm going with it. And progression through each area feels meaningful and natural. While there are countless quests and amazing amounts of lore and stories to uncover, the two main story hooks for your character are figure out who you are, 
and defeat an immortal fake named Gadflow. <laughs> His name's Gadflow. 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 <laughs> I'm dumb. Anyway, there are dozens, if not hundreds, of NPCs with whom you can interact, and they're all voice acted. What I loved about the NPCs, whether major or minor, is that they all had stories and perspectives that felt real to the game world. Information, whether anecdotal snips or meaningful story content, was provided in short, yet effective and, dare I say, natural context. I didn't have to listen to excessive diatribes or minutes of meaningless exhibition for me to understand the characters and for the NPCs to get his or her point across. I'm talking to you, Final Fantasy. Personally, I found the amount of information passed, while still feeling natural to the world, quite impressive in such short bursts. Kingdoms of Amalur is an action RPG which uses a very simple timing mechanic to attack, block, dodge, or use an ability. During combat, if your fate meter is full, you can enter Reckoning Mode! In Reckoning Mode, time slows and even the hardest creature becomes your plaything. Once the creature is defeated in Reckoning Mode, and you mash the appropriate button quickly enough, you can perform a pretty spectacular finishing move. Strangely, there is no jumping or climbing in the game and you cannot fall off cliffs. In order to elevate or descend, you need to follow paths or use predefined and obvious jump points. At first this was a bit strange, but it quickly became part of the game and I didn't even notice anymore after a short while. As the world is rather large, there is instant travel in the game to various cities, camps, and points of interest. It's also a rudimentary crafting and socketing system to create and upgrade weapons, armor, and potions. And you'll also find housing in the game. I owned a house, a mine, and a full fort or keep, whatever it was, with inhabitants and quest-giving NPCs before all was said and done. I believe the end game is tailored more to role players than to action gamers. I played the game on normal difficulty, since I'm a filthy casual, and only one fight in the entire game ever gave me any real challenge. In hindsight, I think it was too low of a level for that fight. It took me over 30 times to beat uh, Anakados, uh, part of the uh, was it uh, Teeth and Naros uh, DLC. But I was only I was down there at like level 12 or 14 or something, and the suggested levels a little higher, so that explains that one. Anyway. Other than the never-before-used mechanic of the actual end-boss fight, and the game's lack of hints on how to perform the mechanic, never felt in any true danger from the game, only for myself bursting into combat or just rushing through things and getting surrounded, or setting off too many traps, or <laughs> just, you know, that, the game does try to prevent you from just running through it, which is good. Once you discover the end-boss mechanic, it's even pretty simple fare to defeat him, her, it, which, as a role player who likes story-driven games, I'm actually in favor of this. If you want the game to be hard played on hard mode, don't make it artificially hard on normal mode when the game's an RPG. In the end, I'd have to say that my initial expectations of this game were met, exceeded, and utterly destroyed. I was expecting a combat-heavy, hack-and-slash action RPG with token elements of story, lore, and maybe some role-playing, or things they call role-playing that really aren't. While this isn't the deepest RPG ever made, with every choice I make deciding the fate of the world, it was an exceptionally full story experience. Alright, let's go look at our pros and cons now. Let's start with the pros. The story was paced fantastically. I didn't feel that I was growing in artificial bursts or that my gear made my character. As I grew deeper into the game, my character felt like he was part of the game world via the story and the mechanics. 
It just felt like a natural progression as I went along. The game does use traditional fantasy tropes, but it uses them to its advantage. Just when I was about to groan that insert overused fantasy trope here was used for the billionth time, Kingdoms of Amalur actually found a new and interesting take on the trope. I'll let you play the game to discover that on your own. Combat was simplistic enough for a casual like me, but engaging enough to be meaningful. It was smooth, and my only complaints, if you watched the videos, were really complaints about me and not the game. It frustrated the living crap out of me that when I threw my little discs out there, called chakrams, I know, but I'm going to call them discs, threw my frisbees out there, it took them, I couldn't do an action until they were back in my hand. <laughs> but that was a game mechanic, so that's me, not the game that was problematic there. It was smooth, it played very well, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed the, the combat. The dialogue was 100% voice acted for, for the quest givers. I mean, there were characters in the game that didn't have voice acting but, or, or didn't have things to do, but they weren't even minor characters. They were just kind of scenery fillers. Uh, but instead of 20-minute cutscenes for every dialogue option, each choice offered just a couple meaningful yet immersive sentences. It didn't waste my time, but it did help me feel a part of the world and interact with it. The game had ridiculous amounts of side quests. <laughs> Watch the videos I got. I had to actually, towards the end, say, okay, we're done with side quests, we're just going to move towards the end, because I probably could still be streaming this thing today. Uh, but uh, the side quests are used for leveling, money, and to learn more about the world, really learn more about the world. And lastly, as a pro, and is there any pro more important than this one? I had fun. I had fun playing it, I had fun streaming it, I had fun with the game. Now let's talk about some of the cons. Combat did get repetitive. Uh, especially towards the end, uh, it was uh, I can't remember if it was one, two, three on my mouse anymore, but that's essentially what it was. It was bring down the meteors, hit them with electricity. Even if they were already dead, I would still do it just, you know, to do. <laughs> and then maybe fight somebody left. There were a couple harder ones that were different than that, but mostly it was, it, it was repetitive. And I can only imagine that playing as more of a fighter class would be the same way. It would just be a little bit longer in the terms of, you know, you're going to be doing more parries and more dodges. They could have done a better job with the side quests, especially showing up on the map. It was frustrating for me that I had to select a quest individually to get it on the map, and then find out that I missed a quest that would have been closer because I had to select it individually going on the map. So my video even shows that. Like, okay, let's go through all our quests right now and see which one's closest. Story quests were always there, but the, uh, but the side quests you had to like, activate individually, and that, that was pretty annoying. They also couldn't delete side quests. There came some point where it's like, I'm just never going to finish this one, don't care to, it wasn't a task that I cared about, um, there's a quest maybe I started and couldn't go back to, whatever, you couldn't delete it. That was also a bit annoying. This really maybe isn't a con, but gold seemed meaningless in the game, at least after the first couple of hours of play. I mean, I ended up with over three million and I wasn't even trying. I wasn't focusing on loot, I wasn't, I mean, I was getting loot, but I wasn't focusing on anything, it was just... Get stuff, sell stuff, get stuff, sell stuff. Oop, that's an upgrade, put it on. Um, could have been a little more clarity for the last fight. Uh, truthfully, Heathen Dog looked up the mechanic for me to tell me how to do it. I never would have figured it out. It's not that the clues weren't there so much, is that there was never an experience in the game that required me to do something simple to it, uh, you know, or, or similar to it, not simple to it. I would never have figured out that I had to stand on a certain spot to do a certain thing in a certain way 
just based on the playstyle of the rest of the game. So the end boss just didn't match the rest of the game fight. Now, the mechanic was simple. Once uh, I did it, yeah, it's like an easy rinse-repeat kind of thing. It's just, it just didn't fit the rest of the game. It would have been nice if they would have had a couple other boss fights leading up to this one throughout the game, maybe one per continent or one per section, state, whatever you want to call it, territory. Um, we had to fight a boss that used some sort of mechanic that uh, would have given a clue for this one. And lastly, Gadflow has to be the stupidest villain name ever. I mean, honestly, maybe I'm too touchy about this, but it actually ruins some of the immersion for me, because I can't take somebody named Gadflow seriously. <laughs> Just can't. Alright, so my final verdict. In the end, I give Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning 4 out of 5 stars. It's a simply amazing game, even as I review it here at the end of 2017. It's hampered only by small UI issues, a never-before-used-in-the-game mechanic for the end boss fight, and a desire for more meaningful use of the crafting system. I never felt the need or desire to craft more than a couple of potions or gems, and I kind of feel like it was a potentially large part of the game experience. So that's it. Four to five stars for Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. If you like story-focused RPGs, Go out and buy Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. All right, that is it for my review. Thank you very much, Heathen Dog and Garthon, for giving me some time here. And I hope you all out there have a great day. Well, there we go with that. Thank you, Max Leo, for your excellent and in-depth review of Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Short and sweet, and it got uh, it got it hit all the notes. It was good. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good game. I've played through it too, so I really enjoyed it. Excellent. And uh, if you want to purchase it, it might actually be on sale in Steam right now. Probably is. Oh, wait, it wouldn't oh. be on Steam. It would be on EA Origin. Yeah. Because yeah. that's where I bought it. I bought it for less than 5 bucks. Yeah, it was four ninety nine. dollars I think that's, uh, that's what Max said earlier in the week. Four ninety nine. Yeah, so uh, sales are happening right now, kids. Get it now. Yeah, Get he it got a good. Uh, he got a good, geez, over 100 hours of play yep. for 5 bucks sold yeah yeah it's a good game but speaking of good games let's not talk about a game let's talk about a show about a game where a guy does a thing in in the present that's the future don't spoil it <laughs> as he the dog does not anime on the stream that's right uh, usually in this segment i do uh, anime on the stream which is anime either movies or series that you can watch on Hulu and or Netflix. But today I was tickled this week so much by a, by a Hulu original live action series that I had to change up my segment. And that, that uh, series is called future man. Now F future man is funny. It's just funny. Everything you think is wrong with uh, with time traveling comedies, they still do, but they write it in a way where you know they're making fun of it. Like, yeah, we know it's wrong. That's why we did it. It's stupid. We love it. It's it's about a guy, Josh Futterman. Futterman. I get it. Future man, but stupid. That's exactly what he is. <laughs> He's dumb. He's not your everyman. It's but wait, wait. As a matter of fact, let, let's first let's go to the details. All right. Now, I want to say directed by one or two people, but it wasn't. It seems that everyone had their fingers in every episode. There is a different director for everything. I went to Wikipedia, I went to IMDb, and I'm not listing, I'm not listing, you know, 10 different people. So I'm just putting 
so many people. Uh, it was written by Kyle Hunter and Ariel Shafir. Uh, music by Hallie Cawthry. Uh, excellent music, by the way. Excellent music. Uh, studio, Sony Pictures, licensed by Sony Pictures, and uh, broadcast on Hulu. Uh, created by Howard Overman, Kyle Hunter, and Ariel Shafir. Now, uh, one of the, uh, of the executive producers is uh, Seth Rogen. Now, he also had influence in the writing. He wasn't given so much writing credit in IMDb or in Wikipedia, but you can tell by watching it. No matter what you think of the guy personally, politically, or uh, but pro- professionally, he can write some funny stuff. All right? And he he did not bring his B game for this one. Like right. he did for Green Hornet? Like he did for Green Hornet, yes. This is more, uh, this is more, uh, this is the end. Uh, type uh, type humor. If you haven't seen that movie, go ahead and see it. That was pretty funny too. Uh, the original run, well, it all came out uh, Netflix style, all in one go on on November fourteenth, and it had thirteen episodes. And of course, you can only watch it on Hulu. Now we'll get to the main characters, Josh Futterman. Now, uh, usually in stories like this, you have something like an everyman, like an everyman elevated to glory because of fate or circumstance or just dumb luck no he's objectively a loser he's got no real friends i mean he's got people he talks to but at the end of the day i call a friend someone who if you got a problem you go to them and they'll help you out little to no questions asked he's got no one like that he is a janitor the no upward mobility janitor, just janitor. Like, oh, one day I'm going to be head janitor, then I'm going to run this place. Ha <laughs> ha, no, no. He has no ambition at all. He's just going to stay a janitor forever. And when he's not being a janitor, and even sometimes when he is being a janitor, because he has a he has a secret uh, a, a secret computer rig in a in a supply closet at work, he plays games, specifically one game called Biotic Wars. That's going to become important later. All right. And of course, he lives with his parents. Well, yeah. Because, you know, he's got a dead-end job and he doesn't have any ambition, doesn't want to do anything but play games all day. And they're very enabling in his loserdom. Sweet. Okay. Now, one night, he finally beats Biotic Wars. And I have that clip. If we roll clip number one, we can all see it. I had to, I had to censor it, so here, we are here it comes. Again. Level 83. Every time I go in there, guns blazing. Every time I die can't keep doing the same thing again and again, expecting different results. I gotta try something different. Unequip all gear. Go, go, go. all of the biotics and saved humanity. You are the savior. Very nice. He's a savior. Yes. And that was the happiest moment of his life. No one in the world has ever beaten that game. Nobody. He beat it. 
And right after that clip, he ran downstairs to tell the only people he could tell, his parents, and they were gone. He had no one to tell. And that, the look on his face, uh, this this actor, I forget his name, but you, you may recognize him from The Hunger Games. I, I read that on IMDb. I haven't really seen it, so I wouldn't, I couldn't tell you. But uh, the saddest look on his face came came over him, like, he realized that just how wasted his life is exactly how wasted his life is just for a minute he realized it and then he pushed it down deep down and put it in a box and threw it away he went back up to his room and he just sat there and then he has nothing to do then yeah he just he just sat there and he did something i'm not going to tell you what but uh that winning the game is what caused his life to change now uh my my slide is going to make sense uh, the last starfighter and uh if uh, for those people who aren't who aren't old enough to to get the last starfighter reference stargate universe uh we're gonna play clip number two this is what happened after he beat the game minutes after listen carefully this happened. everything that happens in the bionic Grand wars is real that's the, biotics, the girl from the game the wars everything the game is a recruitment and training tool sent back in time to find the one person with the skills to save us a savior it's you you're the first and only person to have beaten the game. That's the last Starfighter. It's the exact same plot as the movie. What's a, what's a movie? Okay. <laughs> okay, now, uh, who you saw in that clip, the, the woman, Tiger. She, uh, the, the game, obviously, uh, they used her likeness to uh, in the game to send, send it back in time to find the savior. Okay, well, uh, in the future, she's a commando team leader. All right. Uh, she's a tactician, melee, and weapons expert. And all of her team, except for one other person, was killed, and this was her only shot. She, she finally got the notice that someone had beat it, and they, they had stolen time travel tech from the biotics, and they used it to go back to find this dude, all right? So she went to the past to find this guy to help save the world of the future by stopping the biotics from even being created. And she tells him they're created by a guy called Dr. Cronish. And the just, this is like Terminator. Go back right, in makes time. Makes sense, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, go back in time, kill Sarah Connor, stuff like that. Well, this is reversed. They just reversed it. Go back in time, kill the guy who makes the Terminator and then there'll be no more biotics and you know he's on board she's completely like we'll just kill him kill him kill him and he is initially not on board with that but we will go to the only other surviving member of her team wolf now he is a commando from the future he's a demolitionist also a melee and weapons expert uh he's really on board with this killing dr cronish guy i would think so yes but Josh is not on board with this because he's met Dr. Cronish. Dr. Cronish, he's he's the head researcher at the place where he works as a janitor. And he's one of the only researchers there who's nice to it. <laughs> he's a genuine good guy. Who so he's, he's, somehow becomes he, evil. They don't, at, the, at this point, they don't know because uh, uh, Tiger and Wolf's knowledge of Dr. Cronish, besides being the, the, the you know prime vector of creating the biotics, they don't know anything about him. They don't even know what he looks like. Very much Terminator. And they hang a they hang a lantern on that throughout the entire series. So you know it's a joke. Now, Wolf 
uh, when I say total bro personality, I'm talking like a, a, a college frat bro type guy. Now, I have a clip, and there's no sound on this clip. It's not going to matter because in your head while watching this clip, you're going to hear the soundtrack from Top Gun. Go ahead and play it. <laughs> that is some volleyball high-fiving. Yeah, I could not play any any of this music here because it's all copywritten, and I, and I had to cut it up just to, just to show how uh, the uh, tiger's that guy. The, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm I saw. Not in I saw. Sync. Yeah, I'm not in sync, but uh, yeah, right there. <laughs> Look at this <laughs> little Iceman action. Exactly. Exactly. Again, they they hang a lantern on the whole thing. It's all just making fun of all of the all of the past movie tropes they're they're rehashing them putting a different spin on them but let, letting you know that yeah we know it's funny we're, we're doing it very just nice because now uh the main antagonist dr elias cronish the creator of the biotics what the future commandos came back to eliminate and by eliminate mean killing him. They, they even talk about even jumping back further in time once they find out who he is and when his birthday was to kill him as a baby. And of course, Josh is not on board to killing this guy. Yeah, I would as think a baby. so. Because that's you know he's like, dude, no, you can't kill babies. But uh, I've got a clip of Josh talking with with, with Doctor Cronish, and you figure out what he actually did to create the biotics and why. Let's All right. See. I'll never forget the night I contracted it. It was the night of the moon landing. There was a big party at the Pi Pi Gamma House at Caltech. The night of the moon landing? Mm. That is an historic moment to contract herpes. Oh, you should have been there. Maybe you could have warned me that beneath that cherry red lipstick, Barbarella had an HSV-1 outbreak. Couldn't see it. Look at this monstrosity. Oh, no, it's not that bad. All right. So, so the biotics were were accidentally created because a guy wanted to cure herpes. He he got be, because of a moon landing party. Now, this is where Terminator Two comes in. This the uh the, this this guy accidentally created the 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 master race type people who are enslaving the earth in the future just like in terminator 2 one doctor accidentally was the guy who created skynet which took over humanity to annihilate it so right. yeah it's obvious now so josh's idea was hey i know why he created the cure for herpes and why that was that was perverted into into creating the biotic so let's go back in time to the moon to landing party and stop him from getting herpes so he go they they, they go back in time they 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 uh, c block him from that from that uh from that uh, red lipstick uh, red lipstick harlot and he didn't get herpes and then they go back to the present well let's let's see what happened let's take a look at our last clip that that was it that was number 4 that was the last one no there's one more i only saw four there are five. Well, let's see if I can find it then. Stall for time. I'll stall for time. Okay. <laughs> so as, as, as you can see from, from my slide, it didn't work. Uh, he's, he's still, the, the biotics still get created. And this is just like all the other Terminator movies that sucked after two. 
because pretty much all the Terminator movies after two kind of sucked. I, mean, I disagree with that. I liked Terminator Three. I liked how the whole they failed anyway. I really liked how they ended up in like that nineteen uh, fifties Fallout shelter at the end. Yeah, really. Okay, you're I in did. a minority. I am in the minority. With... That's okay. Yeah, you're in a minority on that one. I am. I yeah. know, but I really I liked. I didn't really like Terminator Three, but it had a lot of good things going for it. You had, it had a lot of good. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll I'll, I'll let you have your yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah. There. I will bust it up. There are. F- but to, yeah, there, there are four future man clips. Really? I must not have uploaded the last one. I'm very I'm very sorry. But uh, you yeah. look yourself. There's four right there. Okay, I believe, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and believe you. But uh, yeah, the, what happened was uh, he was so devastated at being at being C blocked that uh, that he he was he was cast out of the, out of the fraternity, and he went around the world. On, on a sexual escapade to, to prove his manliness. <laughs> and he ended up getting herpes anyway. So so what does Josh do? He tries to go back in time again and fix it again. Well, it's, Only you know. It gets more and more hilarious as it goes on. They keep trying to go. And every time they fail, they're like, why don't we just kill, kill him? him. <laughs> they're like, no, we can't kill him. Yeah, we kind of solved the problem. It would really solve the problem, Savior, and they're, they're still following the Savior's orders because he's the Savior, and that's that's their order, so that's what happened. <laughs> but so yeah, it keeps going on and on and on throughout the thirteen episodes. There is closure, obviously. They, you know, they they supposedly stop the biotics, but there is going to be a season two. So at the very end, you see you see uh, Josh in the room in in his room, and there's a beginning of a of a time jump happening in his room, and then it cuts. So. There's going to be a season two, and you don't know what's wrong. Maybe they're coming back to give him a party. Unless it's like the end of the Super Mario Brothers movie, <laughs> which they might be yeah. doing on purpose. Like, obvious sequel, and then nothing happens. And then nothing happens. Exactly right. Yeah, it could be something like that. One geez, final joke. Not. Jeez, I hope not, because if not, then I can't give it this rating, which it was for. Again, very good. It's It's funny, funny stuff. I laughed out loud so many times. It was crazy. And the the good parts, all of the ripoffs that movies do, but they try to like rejigger it a little bit. So maybe you won't notice, you know, th- thinking the audience is stupid. No, the ripoffs are blatant, obvious, and all part of the joke. So, you know, they're, they're telling you out right off the gate, we're not trying to fool you. Yes, you've seen this before in The Simpsons. You've seen this before in Twilight Zone. You've seen this before in movies. You did everything. We know. We're doing it anyway, because it's funny. Okay, cool. And that's exactly what it ended up being. Super funny. Super funny. Uh, what? Uh, what? Watching? Uh, watching the less than every man uh, bungle his his way to success usually would be infuriating to me. I like like Three Stooges type comedy. I hate it. I hate it. Just idiots, you know, failing upward. But he never really fails upward throughout the entire thing. He more fails to the side because every, every time he tries to fix, he tries to fix the future. It's just as broken, just in a completely different way. So that that it was it was funny to see all of the different ways he could fail. Now, the the other thing I liked about this is in the beginning, Tiger and Wolf are paper people. They are just commando warriors they grew up in a life of no luxury no no movies obviously you saw in the clip no 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 entertainment from the time you were a child you were you were raised to fight 
uh, all, all you did was train. There was no rec time. There was no, there was no downtime. So they didn't have any personalities of their own, but through their uh, association with Josh and they're traveling through several different time periods, the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, they, they learn how to be real people because they're around people who aren't around constant death all the time. So their, their personalities evolve. They actually become real people. I loved it. Now, what I didn't like about it is the plot holes, but I can't really judge it too harshly because my, really they're kind of supposed to be there. Exactly right. I can't name a single time travel movie, even my favorite, which is time bandits that didn't have a crap ton of plot holes. All right. I can't. I was hoping that they that they would have like maybe one, two, but no, they have the same amount as any other time traveling movie. Now, the other thing I didn't like, sometimes it could be a little too campy. Like it, it would go from uh, this is the end or um, I can't, I'm blanking another one to to more like an Adam Sandler, late, a, a later Adam Sandler movie, where it's a little too cheesy, a little too campy. Uh, parts of it felt like that, but they, they, they turned out of that skid a couple of times and righted the ship. So that was good. More little Nikki than happy Gilmore. There you go. More little Nikki than happy Gilmore at, at times. So yeah, that was a hit. The, the, the writing was a, was a little bit shaky in parts, but other than that, yeah, four stars. I got, I, I got to recommend you see it. Uh, it's a it's it's a good time. You're not you're not going to waste your time if you have Hulu anyway. There's no point in not if watch the first three episodes. That, that that's my rule for an anime or a series. If you watch the first three episodes and don't want to watch the fourth, good on you. There you go. It's kind of like my rule for video games. If I'm not having fun after about an hour hour and a half, it's done. Yep. I don't you, need to hear no no that. after about twenty hours it gets fun. No, I don't need to hear that. Yeah, that's not, that's not no. a good game. Now, if it's not, if it's not if you have to wait twenty hours for something to be good, then you just wasted nineteen hours and fifty nine minutes of your life that you're not going to get back. Yeah, so pretty much. Watch that. Yeah. Yep. Someday Discovery might get good. You never know. All right. So, <laughs> I had to dig on Discovery. I had to. You did. All right. Thank you very much, Heathen Dog. I wish I had Hulu to watch this, but I don't. So I'm just going to have to find other oh, methods I'll of procuring. Eight bucks a month. I can't afford eight bucks a month. You can't afford eight bucks a month. Okay. Here, here's what I That'd got. That'd be two less comic books. Oh, no. Uh, I did not find a shot version of this, but this is Bullet Bourbon. Oh, Lord. That's right, Bullet Bourbon. I've been drinking this for a little while now because it is 90-proof bourbon. So if you want to get crap-faced real quick, (laughs) this is what you want. This is what you need. And I'm going to compare it to Jack Daniels. Let's find out how it compares. A fine mid-shelf bourbon. <laughs> okay. The alcohol content is obviously stronger. Um you don't it burns need to a do lot this. more than than Jack. It it doesn't have no. Yeah, okay. Uh if if Jack Daniels is middle of the road middle of the road uh yeah, Kentucky yeah. bourbon, then uh this is uh between that and Rotka. <laughs> there you go. So it's kinda like wow. at Yukon Jack level. There you go. There you go. There it is. You got it. <laughs> oh, thank you very much, Heathen Dog, for your review and your self-destruction. Oof, you're welcome. 
I hope you make it through the comic book. All right. <laughs> I had a shot at Knob Creek earlier. That's good stuff. Oh, my God. Really? That stuff's smooth, man. Knob Creek, that's good. Yeah, that, that's strong, though. It's strong. It's good. Yeah, that's that. That one's a hundred proof. Okay, I said run out of ideas. <laughs> that's illegal. Send me this bottle immediately. <laughs> <laughs> that that's like paranoia. That that'd be a paranoia answer. Nope. I'm sorry, citizen. That's contraband. I'll have to take that immediately. <laughs> I'm yellow clearance. I could have that. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a good game. All right. Next up. Well, if you want more Heathen Dogman, why wouldn't you? You can check him on YouTube. Check out his past segments, his anime and RPG segments, to learn what you need to know. Uh, check out his team-ups with Garthon at Star Trek Online, and currently Secret World Legends until the Foundry comes back up. Yep. Lots of interesting things, a lot of fun be to be had there. 30 minutes a day. Oh, check- oh, Duck Ido says maybe heads up next week on the Foundry. Could be hey, up. He said he tried to bring it up, but it didn't work out. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Yeah. All right, you can check out Heathen Dog streams Monday and Thursday at 12 noon Central Standard. He's playing Monopoly Plus. I have played Monopoly Plus. Uh, I had a four and a half hour, four hour and 47 minute fight with that thing. Uh, on, on in one go, you you can watch it on on. Uh, I, I split it into five different uh, episodes in in YouTube to make it to make it palatable for the YouTube audience. Go ahead and check it out. Uh, I get more and more insane as it as it goes on. <laughs> Sounds like me playing War Machine Tactics. <laughs> it's true. But uh, starting on Monday, I didn't change the slide. That's my fault. Starting on Monday, I will be playing uh, a, a game that uh, one of our one of our viewers, Baldahar, bought for me. Uh, uh, he bought for me Outlast. I did play that, but he also bought me the DLC called Whistleblower. Mm. I'll be I'll be playing through that one starting Monday. Uh, excellent. Well, thank you, Beldahar, for your generous contribution to Heathen Dog's mental discomfiture. It's true. It, it, it disconcerts me greatly. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Heathen Dog. You're welcome. Next up, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about... Garthon's Comic Poll. Garthon Poll's comics. He tells you about them. This week entitled, Dealing with Disappointment. Oh. Silver Sable number thir- uh, says 13. That's supposed to be 36. How did I get a 13 out of 36? That's fascinating, because I changed that number. Wow. Okay. Anyway, that just says how good this issue is. Well, it uh, was 36 in the beginning. Yeah. So, we're good. Was it? How did it become 13? What happened? Anyway. So, Silver Sable and the Wild Pack, issue number 36, part of Marvel Legacy. Uh, the re- you know, adding to old timelines. This is a one-shot. It says Silver and Bold, part one of one. Okay. So, Basically, the idea is there's a few comics uh, where they're like uh, this one. Is it Namor? Not Namor. Um, Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu was getting one. But basically, they give you a one shot. And if people like it, they'll make more. Right? They'll reboot the series. Sure. This is written by Christina Faust. uh, Pencils by Paolo uh, Sequeria and Jose Luis. I should be Luis. What the hell? Uh, inks by Cam Smith, Terry Pallett, and Pallet Securia. Colors by Rachel by Rochelle Rosenberg, who actually, I've seen her colors in other books, and I want to point this out. She's really good. I got to say that. Rochelle Rosenberg knows her stuff. Normally, they'll point out a colorist, but she knows her stuff. Okay. Uh, this cover was done by Mahmoud Asrar and Marty uh, Gracia. So, oh. let me say this. 
the art of this book is great. Okay. Uh, it could be like that 10% better to make it awesome, but it's just so short of like super fantastic that it's really good. Really enjoy the art in it. It gets the points across. Anatomy is solid. Action is solid. Good camera angles. Great colors. Uh, they don't mess around too much with mood so much, but you don't really need to. Um, this was written, I'm guessing, by a 13-year-old boy under an assumed name. <laughs> That's the only reason I could come up with why it's written the way it is. Um, Silver Sable... So, so, wait, wait. Faust isn't uh, is an allusion to I sold my soul to be a, a good comic writer? Oh, that could be it, too. Or to be, no. or to be a comic writer. They didn't specify good. Writer. Specify good, so haha, not not the deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, it, like, it reads like it was written by a 13-year-old. The plot is ridiculous. The setups are ridiculous. Somehow, Silver Sable. All right, Silver Sable's deal is she controls a country. You won't bother naming it. Sokovia. Uh, her father. She's part of the royal family of that country. Her father. Uh, hunted down Nazis from World War II. And then when he died, it became her job to hunt down all these old Nazis. This made a lot more sense in the 80s. Um, not a lot of Nazis still kicking around who were actually there. You know, just saying. You gotta be like 100. Or 90s, at least. So, well, if you're a Hitler youth, I guess you could be in your 80s. You know? Sure. Or, or you've used magic and or super science to extend your life. Yeah, something like Doug and I says, is Christina Faust an alias for Nick Spencer? No! Nick Spencer just wrote like he hated Captain America. This person just can't. <laughs> writes like she hates writing. Writes like she no, not no likes like she loves writing, but she's a 13 year old boy. In that, so she's fighting a group of Nazis who've taken over a ship outside of her on the the shores of Sokovia. It's an all female Nazi group, so it gives really? you a lot of chance to draw some hot ladies. Okay. Um, basically, if you could come up with what's the cheesiest thing you could think of where you have to infiltrate a ship? Um, cheesiest thing comes to mind: shark-infested waters. Okay. Boom! Immediately, shark-infested waters. Sure. And of course, she is an elite um, mercenary leader. She's not an assassin. She's a mercenary with the thing for killing Nazis. Um, the Wild Pack is a group of mercenaries who, pri who primarily is interested in killing Nazis. She's alone. She normally is. But she gets in a fight with some SS punk wannabe with a mohawk. And somehow they're going to fight her to stab her in the leg underwater. Where she starts bleeding so the sharks start chasing her. Of course. Of course. So it already starts out with her being way under her ability level. And it gets worse as it goes on. Um... She's doing things that are completely against her character. Her character is kind of a bit of a, is an elitist. She is a noble. She's been raised as royalty her entire life, who also is a highly trained mercenary assassin. But this is full of stuff where she's doing things that are just ridiculous, like losing fights to losers, getting bitten on the leg by a shark. Um, she, so she immediately loses all of her weapons and has to steal a knife. I know that's supposed to heighten the drama, but if you're yeah. any sort of competent, you keep your weapons. Sure. Just saying. Um, her target is apparently like this 99-year-old woman who was a nurse who was not a, an evil nurse in the death camp. So she slices her throat open. While she's slicing an old woman's throat open, she says, I love my job. 
Wow. What kind of psychopath does that? The Punisher doesn't do that. No, no. The Punisher, yeah. Deadpool yeah, would mean, do it, but he's oh, insane. But yeah, yeah, he's crazy. And and the, the, the Punisher, sure, if she was guilty of something, he'd do it, but he wouldn't take pleasure right, he wouldn't in putting a joy bullet in a 99-year-old woman. Right. The thing is, the art doesn't show her like, yay! It shows like a grim, serious face, and the words are, I love my job. Maybe she's supposed to be like, ironic or something doesn't seem like it and then at one time she punches this chick and she says punching nazis is my jam oh my god like i'm telling you every stereotype every idiotic dialogue wow terrible terrible situations they got like the one nazi who's not sure if she's doing the right thing and she cut she turns it around at the end but then dies horrible book the art's great the story's the storyline is okay, but how it's written is awful. Like I said, if, if this is written, if I look back at like the comic books I wrote when I was 13, they're at this level, okay? Which, you know, cause that's what a 13-year-old boy does. Yeah, they're all chicks. Yeah, they're all women's there. And, oh, shark no, but fight. she's sympathetic. Yeah. yeah, fight a shark is awesome. <laughs> she stabs a shark in the eye with a knife because... Somehow she lost her pistol and grenades and rifle and radio and everything else. At different times, she loses everything. It's like, come on. Ah, so I like Silver Sable. I don't like whatever this is. Whatever 13-year-old fantasy this was. Art solid. And actually, the art's really good. I really enjoy the art. It you know, that's like the only. That's thing all I could book. say. If I could erase all the dialogue, <laughs> erase the dialogue, re-edit the story. I I think they couldn't even edit it enough to make it make sense. So, Ugh. but uh, it's two the stars. Art, the oh god, Wait, that's I was wrong. But one and a half. If the art is really the only thing, it's, then it's it's not. It's not so terrible. I was like, I wasted. Well, that close, close. I'm giving it two stars. It's not quite a one star because everyone did their job except the writer. Yeah, two stars, Duncan Idaho. I stand by that. Everyone did their job with the writer. You know, if you got a football team, I'm bad at sports analogies, and all of them are making home runs. Wait, that's how it goes. If you got a football team and everyone's doing their job with the quarterback, you're still going to lose. But you don't blame the team. You blame the quarterback. Right? You don't say that was a great game. You said it was a bad game. It sucked. But everyone brought their A game but the quarterback. They had a strong defense. They only left through one field goal. But the quarterback just couldn't make it happen. You know, that's what happened with this. Now, I don't go at 1.5. I'm going to stand by two. The art was really strong. But, man. And the writing wasn't completely disjointed. You were able to follow the story. You were able to understand what was happening, which is more than has happened in other books I've reviewed. Um, you're able to understand what was going on. You it was didn't just like it. I didn't. It was just like it was written by a 13-year-old. <laughs> I'm surprised there wasn't a scene where her. Oh no, my outfit has been torn. Woo! That's the only that, thing that was missing. That would have been perfect for the sharks to do. Yeah. See, but the shark just tore the armor off her leg or the silver suit, which apparently oh. isn't armor anymore. It's just oh, like really? she likes wearing mylar. I oh, get okay. That. Because if you're a stealthy assassin, Mylar. Mylar's the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, Any well, single light source and. Oh. Well, it reflects the bushes when you're in the bushes. There so you go. You just instant, look, instant camouflage. Instant cam. No matter where you're in, camouflage. 
brilliant. Anyway, so yeah, two stars for Silver Sable number 36. And the saddest part, I got to say this, is in the back of the book, they actually uh, have this little blurb. Oh, yeah, did I mention there's a bunch of people on the boat she has to rescue as well? But that's not her primary mission. But then she feels duty-bound to save them. And there's actually a point where the ship is flooding. And the sharks are trying to get into the room with the hostages. The, the sharks are chasing people locked in a sinking boat. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> so bad. No, no, I'm with Duncan now. One and a half. One uh, and a half. I'm but with Duncan. At the end, it actually says... This is a one-shot. If you've got a problem, get to work. If you want more, Silver Snow Wild Pack, write to blah, blah, blah. Don't do that. Uh, put your okay to print. Tell us how much you love this blast from the past. Nope. Uh, the other ones are rebooting are Master of Kung Fu, Not Brand Eck, which is a comedy book, Power Pack, and Darkhawk. I hope those are all way better than this. So, uh, yeah, two stars. I could be convinced for one and a half, but I'm going to go with two just because I really thought the art was really strong. The coloring was really strong. The people who did the cover had like that psychedelic thing going on, you know, that Starenko made so popular with Nick Fury and his spy books, which gave me so much hope. Mm. Yeah, I, I look at it this way, though. I mean, uh, it's a graphic novel, right? Mm-hmm. So... Two parts, both both are pretty important. Graphic, novel. Right, Your right. graphic, spot on. Right. Your novel, abysmal failure. Now, normally... If I, it was, see, was, I'm not saying it's an abysmal failure. I'm just saying it was like it was written by a 13-year-old. Which is an abysmal failure in the world of professionals. Yes. Yes. So normally that would be a two and a half. That would be an average book. But it literally had no other merit. I will besides say this. The, besides the art. The writing of this book is better than America. Just got to say. The better comic book America. America. Not Captain oh, America. Com- oh, oh, America. America. Okay, yeah, yeah, got it, got it, yeah. got it, yeah, yeah. So well, that, 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 was, that was seemingly socially motivated. Oh, yeah, that was, that was you know, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. Anyway, that's a terrible book. So, okay. next book. Doomsday Clock. Like that graphic? That um, is nice. Yeah, that's the uh, lenticular cover they're showing. It's a Rorschach, but it's showing it moving. Right. Anyway. So, written by Jeff Johns, who is DC's glory boy. Um, artist is Gary Frank, who also did the cover. This is a fascinating book in that they're trying to kind of, sort of, not really, but they are rebooting Watchmen. Kind of, sort of, but not really? What? Kind of, sort of, not really, but absolutely rebooting Watchmen. Okay. It doesn't, like, pick up at the end... Of the when Watchmen ended, it ended with oh, I just blanked on his name. The dude uh, made it look like they were being invaded by aliens. Ozymandias. It, yeah, Ozymandias made it look like they were being invaded by aliens. Yeah. A bunch of people died in the attack, and to get Planet Earth to unite together against the alien force. Yes. Right, and it worked. Yep. Like a uh, charm. Yeah. Doctor Manhattan left. Said oh, people are interesting. I think I'll make my own or something along those lines. Right. Right. This book picks up. Uh, I think eight years later. Okay. Um, and it turned well, out. Hang on. Uh, uh, interjection. Huh? Why is why is he on the cover? He died in the comic. I'm getting. To I that. mean, I'm not spoiling anything. Okay. If you haven't if you haven't if you haven't read Watchmen yet, 
Come on, man. I'm getting to that. All right. But before I get into that, I just want to say this is a solid book. The paper is a thick news, but newsprint feel to it. Uh, the panel setup, if you've read Watchmen, is very familiar. It has that very static Watchmen panel setup. The art is incredibly reminiscent of the original book, except, honestly, a lot better. Uh, well, come on. That was, what, 30 years ago? Yeah. Printing process improved. Artist styles are different. Yes. But one mm. of the neatest parts... Well, you say that, but... Apparently... Ozymandias' plan worked for like a month. And then every really? kind of... And then, yeah, this is what ticks me off. You had a whole complete story of Doomsday with uh, Watchmen. This has to go back and say, but it didn't really work, which annoyed me. It's like, wait, that was a perfect setup. Dr. Manhattan knew it worked. He said it worked. He could yeah, see he all points in time. Future. Yes, he sees all the future and all the past all the time. If it didn't work, he would have said, hey, good try, buddy, but uh, you got about 30 days and it's going to... He'd have said that and he wouldn't have killed the the guy you have on the cover. Right. You wouldn't have killed him because it wouldn't have mattered. Right. Wouldn't have killed Rorschach. Yep. Um, well, no, I'm gone. So, I'm gone. you nope. can't be gone. I'm gone. You can't be gone. Because Rorschach... Where are you going? See, that's why he shouldn't have drank. Now he's angry. He's an angry drunk. Anyway. So... It kind of opens up, giving you a little backstory about what happened, how the world is on the is on the edge of World War Three. Uh, the Russians are about to nuke New York City, and in that time, Rorschach is going into a prison to free a couple supervillains, uh, one called the Marionette and one called the Mime. Uh, they're psychotic. I guess there's a Joker and Harley parody or something or homage. I don't know. But he goes to break him out, and Marionette immediately says, you're not Rorschach. He died, I'm pretty sure. this You are not him. You sound like him, but you're not him. And he actually, you know, to prove you know, that he, you know, they don't believe that he's Rorschach, he actually, basically, they know he's not Rorschach, but they wanted to, like, show them what the hell's going on. So he actually ends up pulling out and says, says, not the same guy, but I am Rorschach. And he pulls off his glove, and it's, dark-skinned. He apparently is of African descent. You're guessing, because he has dark... And they're, they're like, oh, and he puts his glove back on. He says, but I'm Rorschach. So he's nuts, just like Rorschach, which is good. Um, but since Ozymandias' little plan backfired, everyone was out trying to kill him, and it was causing extreme discomfiture between the nations. Uh, they're going to war. Um... And they're giving hints about how there might be other places. Like, this, basically, the world is ending, and they're trying to find a way to stop it or find somewhere else to go. And you kind of get a very strong impression um, that they're looking to go into the standard DC universe in that Superman, you see Superman, or Clark Kent, wake up from a nightmare... And Lois is like, that's strange. You normally don't have nightmares. And he says, Lois, I don't think I've ever had one. So that's kind of a basic overview of the plot. It skips out okay. everything. To be fair, uh, the world the world of the Watchmen after Dr. Manhattan left and after the explosion was a nightmare. I mean, yeah. Nixon was still president, right? He's been president for like ever. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and and the the U.S. was a was you know a, was a dominating pretty much an autocracy at that point. Yeah, 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 a, a, a dominating uh, the dominating power in the world just because of Doctor Manhattan. They didn't need to build all the nukes and stuff they right. yeah, that we did in our world because right. we had a Doctor Manhattan. Right, they had God on their side. And then Doctor Manhattan left, and the world destabilizes. The U.S. is no longer strong. I wouldn't even call them a superpower at that point. Yep, and that's why they're getting nuked by the Ruskies. Yep, there you go. Yeah. But apparently World War Three is breaking out all over, and Ozymandias got Rorschach to recruit a team of crazy people, uh, and they're meeting up in Night Owl's old place. Night Owl's dead. Um, they he they, they heavily imply he died. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To get a group together to try, I they kind of they never say, hey, we need to get Doctor Manhattan back, but they definitely mean we need to get Doctor Manhattan back to save our asses. Yeah, because he's the only person that could actually, you know, punch a hole to a different universe to escape through. Right. So something like that's going on. Honestly, the first issue is a bit of a mess. You don't really get what's going on. But if you ever read the Watchmen comics, not the big thick graphic novel, just the individual comics, if you just read the first book, you wouldn't have a clue what the hell was going on. No, you on. wouldn't. You wouldn't. Especially the 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 very first scene is is artfully done it's it's uh it's it's well drawn the art the art's amazing it it it's it's very uh it it, it evokes feeling but yeah. it doesn't make any sense in, in, in and of in and of right. itself so i'm kind of holding off on full judgment of this book i think it's a really strong start it does a great job evoking the feeling of the original watchman if the end game and i think it is is to get the Watchmen into standard DC timeline. I'm totally against that in a hundred percent in so many ways. Nope. Nope. I that hope it's not. Bad. Nope. That'd be bad. It would be bad. Everyone knows it's bad, but you know what? A lot of times people don't care if something's bad. I mean, look at Batman versus Superman. Okay. Um, All right. Now, now, wait, wait. Let, let's talk best case scenario. Okay. Best case scenario is that they do break through to the mainline DC universe. And all the DC superheroes say, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what? Uh, it's time to go home, but you, you can't you can't stay here. Uh, we got another universe. The Flash scouted it out for you. <laughs> and uh, it's all empty. You know, it's a whole earth with no people on it. Go there. Go there. Shoo, shoo now. Shoo, shoo now. And they, and they go and shoo, shoo now. That would be it. Right. I, be think, I think something along those lines is what's going to happen. Like, there's going to be a bit of an issue with them trying to merge. There's going to be issues with that happening and things going crazier. And at the end, it's going to be resolved with them getting their own Earth. Earth 7 or 32. I don't know what or Whatever number is. you want to do it. I don't know. Yeah. Like, is the original Earth like 616? Well, or... no, that's Marvel. In DC, Mar- there's, Marvel, in DC there's 52 worlds. Oh, okay, 52. Sorry. All right, gotcha. Um, in Marvel, there's infinite. And standard Marvel is 616. Okay, got it. Sorry, I was confusing. No, that's fine. That's I don't know how that's possible. Um, <laughs> all right, so as for rating this book, I have high hopes, but I it's really hard for me to judge at this point. I'm going no, okay, to... okay, okay, no, 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 no. no. The, the only way you can judge it is by the, the writing and the art of this particular book. Not the potential. right. Well, the writing is strong, and it evokes okay. Watchmen very, very well. Okay, and and you already said that the that the artwork and the paneling was 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 very reminiscent, but updated. Right. So, so I'm gonna give it four stars. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I liked b- it based on it based on what you've said about this book. 
not the possibilities of the future of this book. That that I, I would have given it three and a half, maybe, but four. Sometimes four. I'll get a four. I liked what they did with Rorschach, that there was another guy bat crazy enough to want to be Rorschach. Yeah. Who actually says to he is. Pick pick up that uh, that insano bloody mantle. Yep. Yeah. They, and you know they're going to explain eventually how that came to be, but they haven't yet. You know what? You know what I hope? You know what I hope? Please, please tell me. At the end of The Watchmen, uh, Rorschach mailed his last journal to to an insano paper and there there was this there was this dumb lanky fat kid who got it he read it and he actually published it in in his in his insano left-wing magazine and someone read that and it resonated with them could be and that's why they became rorschach that That would be be. cool that could be be cool but we'll see right now four stars got hopes pretty good issue definitely worth picking up if you can find a copy okay all right next up Ah, uh, the final, the, bre- the other slice of disappointment bread in our sandwich. Oh, no. And this is not just a slice of disappointment bread. This is the heel of the disappointment bread that you get the wow. sandwich that you don't want. Wow, that's amazing. The Missy Spider or New Year Vows issue 13. Yeah, oh, my God. Usually this is your fa- This is one of your favorite It used comics. to be. It used oh, to no. be. Oh, no. Come on. Uh, written by Jody Hauser. Artist by Nick Roche. Colors by Ruth Redmond. Uh, cover by Ryan Stegman. So, you'll know, you'll remember that when I was reading issue 12, it was, I said, I think this might be the end of the series. 12 issue run. The artist changed at the last issue to a much crappier artist. Yes. And it looks like the, they just kind of went, and you're done. You know, okay. and now she's an adult. Yay. Great. Okay. Go, go team. Uh, issue 13. New writer, same crappy artist from the last issue. Oh. So the art sucks. See this cover? It doesn't look that good at all on the inside. Okay. Um, the coloring's okay. I, I'd call it pretty good, you know, more than serviceable. You know. Um, the writing is just boring. I don't care at all about anything in this book. Every single person is written to be annoying as possible. Uh, without interest, motivation. Um, it, it basically deals with uh, Annie Mae Parker uh, is now, it's eight years in the future, mm-hmm. or from when we last went. Uh, so she's heading off to college, and she's being a jerk about it. And Why is she being a, never mind. Because she's a teenager and rebellious and striking out her own. That, that's the only reason I could find. Okay. But she still wants, and she wants to be respected as a superhero. By her parents, I guess. Um, they fight the lizard at the end, sort of, but not really. That's their ending splash. The art sucks, and they spend a lot of time driving a car, talking about their feelings that don't matter, and it's not interesting. <laughs> when Gil art navel gazing, <laughs> Gilmore Girls. I know this is nuts an old series. But they could have an issue where Lorelai and Rory are driving a car for 20, 20 minutes, and guess what? It's interesting the entire time. <laughs> this is not. Oh my! You had, you had to invoke Gilmore Girls I... as a reference for this comic. That's de- definitely no more than two stars at this, this point. Gilmore Girls is a good series. Yes, but, but... If you had to invoke on 
Come right. On. Right. You don't want to say wow. this superhero series is like a bad version of Gilmore Girls. <laughs> and that's what it is. Um, I don't even want to talk about it. This book was so boring that most of it left my brain instants after I read it because I couldn't believe it was so stupid and got published. Uh, oh, gosh, that's really harsh. Um, that was really harsh. Now I can't see it more than one and a half stars. That was awful. <laughs> I didn't like the art. The storyline was boring. It really wasn't that coherent even. Not oh based God. on past issues. They, they Basically, they're basing a bunch of actions and motivations off of an eight period of eight years you never saw. So there's so no co- yeah, There's no context. Right. There's no context. Yeah. There's no continuation of story. None. Other than Annie Mae Parker is the daughter of Peter Parker and whatever Floozy he was with. Ugh. Mary Jane Watson. So, Mary Jane Watson. <laughs> like I said, the book was so bad, it hurt my knowledge of Spider-Man. <laughs> and I was so hurt because I loved this series. And I, after 12 mm-hmm. issues, the previous writer was moving on to better things, I hope. Um, <laughs> or maybe that was his contract. Or maybe they would, oh my god, I can't believe we're paying this gentleman $20 per comic to write. We could get this Jody person from the mail department to write for 10 you know, she loved, She read Spider-Man once, didn't she? She saw a movie or something. You know, so. <sighs> wow. Someday I'm getting a letter from Jody Hauser saying you are a bad person. <laughs> but it was just, the man whose hands have faded. <laughs> uh, it's the worst movie ever. All right, so. It's just uh, one and a half stars. It just wasn't good. Okay. I couldn't read. No, I, I read it. it. Yep. But most of it fled my brain. I can't really remember what happened because it was just so boring. Who cares? They're moved into a dorm room. Oh my God, that's a three-panel segment. Maybe a page. It's not your comic. <laughs> if you have a part one and you want a part two, you you don't make moving into a dorm half your comic. You don't spend a whole bunch of time talking no. about your father was a super who fought the Sinister Six. We know that. That was established not only yes. in your previous 12 issues, but also in the previous 700 issues of The Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> People know by now. If you never read a comic, you've seen a television or watched a movie. You know there's – I've been multiple Spider-Man movies. Most of them are pretty good. You know there's been multiple cartoon series. Most of them are actually pretty good. You know that he had amazing friends named Firestar and Iceman, if you're old. So mm. – oh, my God. Okay, yep, yeah, got it. Let's let's move on from this because this is hurting me, and I didn't read it. <laughs> from cover to cover, every it. panel is another failure. Wow. All right, there you go. Put that on your jacket cover. <laughs> Garthon says, uh, all right, if you want more Garthon, and with that kind of positivity, of course you do. Uh, check out the Team Us with Heathen Dog on the Internet. Watch us stream. Well, we never streamed those. Well, actually, we have. Uh, but go yeah. to YouTube, look up our plays through of Secret World Legends and Star Trek Online. You can check out my streaming at 9 p.m. Central Standard on Sunday, that's 10 Eastern, where I'm playing War Machine Tactics, and you can watch me be enraged about a UI that could be better. 
<laughs> in, the, in the first the first couple of times you've done combat number one uh the, the very the very first time you did the tutorial combat you broke it and yep. n- number two several times you have ended your turn by accident without yep. moving everyone <laughs> without yeah the, for, for for some reason the, the ui lets you lets you end your turn without telling you hey uh there's like eight guys you haven't moved yet but you probably already knew that so that's fine there is a pop-up that comes up. I said, I don't need that pop-up. I know. But oh, okay. somehow you could end your turn without hitting the end turn button up top. Oh, nice. Just by like by exiting one guy, you could actually end your whole turn. Thanks. Cool. Uh, all right. Moving on to the RNG. Where we're going to talk about... Ah, we don't have a slide. Doesn't matter. We have decided today to speak of EA, Electronic Arts, current decision to uh, destroy... Their newest Star Trek game, uh, Star Wars game. Uh, Star Wars, yes, Star Wars Battlefront Two. Two. Well, all right. So, which, which has been streamed by Max Liao. That's right. Which you can find on Twitch here, and you can find on YouTube as well. That's right. Now, for background of this, remember a couple of years ago, actually I think last year, they mm-hmm. released Star Wars Battlefront One, multiplayer only. Okay, so there's not even any mission. If you buy this, you could only play it online. You could only play it multiplayer. Yes. And you had to unlock freaking everything. And if you bought the collector's edition of the game, it was like 80 bucks. And then they had a season pass for 40 to 60 bucks, depending where you bought it and what deal you got. So you could be in a paying 120 bucks for the game, plus the season pass, to get the extra DLC that they put out throughout the year. For one game that doesn't even really have a game, it's a multiplayer lobby shooter. So wait, 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 hang on, hang on. That 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 season pass gets you free DLCs for one year. Yes, like the new map That's packs, it? things like that. Yes. Are you kidding me? Not kidding. Sixty bucks. Hundred and twenty dollars. Okay. For one game, and I saw people paying it. This was a year ago. I refuse to touch that game because how could you make a game for 60 bucks and not have a single-player storyline when the Star Wars Battlefront games have been known for excellent storylines, or at least pretty good? Um, multiplayer was attacked on add-on originally. Now that's the game, apparently, because it's easier to develop. Mm. Um, after other riotous complaints about that, for, EA, for Battlefront 2, uh, DA Duck says, never, EA will never put hands on Star Trek. God, we hope not. God, I hope not. Douglas says the new packs and the new maps in Titanfall 2 and Halo 5 were free, and they have single player. That's true. Titanfall, uh, uh, but Titan, Titanfall 1 did not have single player. True. So, but Battlefront 2 does have a Titan, single player. Yes, Battlefront but, 2 does have a single player. But it's not very long. It's pretty linear, and I didn't like it. Yeah, no one did. No one likes yeah. it. Everyone hates it. Yeah. Because people are like, thank God they have a single-player campaign. All right, I'm going to play. Oh, it's done. And it wasn't yeah. very good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, uh, I think it took Max uh, three three episodes. Yep. Which means uh, it took uh, the, the... Like 12 hours. No, nine, nine. Nine. Yeah, nine hours. Nine, nine hours to, to play the whole thing. By a guy who's not that good at the game. Yeah, yeah. He admittedly not that good at the game. No, he is admittedly not that good at the game. He, he is bad at, at first-person shooters. So... Uh, someone who's good at first-person shooters is going to get through this much faster. Right. So then they go, and the multiplayer is the game. 
I remember the multiplayer was like a free add-on. Now it's the game. Yeah. Which is sad. But the uh, they do that, and then they, as the game was originally in beta and originally sent to ship, if you wanted to unlock everything in the game, it would either cost you, I think it was $900 or 2,100 hours. Someone calculated. Yeah, that makes sense. And the and when people flipped out about this, like they can't access what they paid for, the uh, on the most downvoted uh, Reddit thread ever, uh, kicking around 400,000 downvotes. Wow. EA actually said, well, we have that. We have these uh, restrictions, so people will feel a sense of accomplishment from unlocking the characters they love. I paid you a hundred dollars. Yeah, if you bought the season pass, you're paying a hundred bucks for a game you don't get to access all the content, and you're hoping for random lock boxes, which you could pay for as well. Yeah, yeah, you could pay for more stuff. And uh, I actually saw uh, the, the lock boxes in Max the Owl's campaign, and he got more than the average player be- because he pre-ordered it. Yep. So, so he got pre-order lock boxes, which surprisingly had a little more very rare stuff in it than your regular lockbox, yep. which almost never had a very rare. Yep. It was either common or uncommon. But the massive amount of negative publicity about this game caused Disney, who has currently has an agreement with EA, so EA has exclusivity to all Star Wars games. Mm-hmm. But after this, they're going to be re-examining that contract. E- Disney had to step in and tell EA to knock it the hell off. They got a Star Wars movie coming out next month, and you're causing the whole franchise to look terrible. They don't want this kind of negative publicity. And so the lockboxes have been pulled temporarily um, from the game as they reevaluate, And they've reduced to a third of what the time it took to unlock everything. That's still... A hell Wait, of a lot of time. By a third or to a third? To a third. But that's oh. still... That's still one, one like, third of 2,100 hours. Yeah, still, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's still, you know, seven... 700 hours. hours. 700 hours, yeah, so, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, or is it 70? Anyway. It's no, but, it's, yeah, it's, they, it's just... The amount they've yeah. done to it is still insane. And people are still up in arms about, you know, why can't I access what I paid for? And there's excuses people like to make reasoning along the lines of, well, games cost more to develop. Okay. Well, you know what? You'd sell more copies if you didn't do this kind of crap. You know, make a game people want. Uh, you don't need to spend that much money on the latest whiz-bang flash graphics if the game is good, which has been right. proven time and time again. I mean, I I thought that uh, uh, several years ago when the, when the Nintendo Wii came out and it was it was graphics from, you know, the 90s. Well, not quite Early. that bad, but the Early. graphics did not match still. the other consoles. But no, 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 not this, at all. They sold a billion units because oh, yeah. people liked playing it with their grandparents. Exactly, because it was simple and fun and had whimsy. Right. And there you go, boom, super tons of money. And well, look at a yeah. game like Minecraft, which people love pointing at. That game made billions, and it's super simple on the surface. Oh God! Oh, but yeah. the graphics are very simple. Oh yes. And so. You don't need to do what you're doing. And also, the things they do hurt the artists, the designers, the programmers. The marketing guys and the corporate guys who are trying to milk every last dollar they can out of their consumers are the ones making all of them look bad. They're risking everyone's jobs 
Mm-hmm. By being much a douchebag, I try and get every last dollar, and people are finally standing up and saying, "No, this is too far." Um, and interesting Micro, on the microtransaction to death. Yeah, and it is terrible. And people are right to stand up and say this is crap and to not buy the game until it's fully fixed. People need to stand up now before it's too late to say we will not buy a game that has these kind of horrible microtransactions in them. I'm not against lockboxes. But usually that's to support a free-to-play model. Um, right. Or in the case of something like Overwatch, where you pay 60 bucks or 40 whatever you get the game for, if it's on sale or something, you buy the box, you get the, all the characters... All the stuff and all the new characters that come out, you get those too. And all that's in the lockboxes are skins or voice packs or sprays, little things. Things that are neat, but nothing you need. Nothing that cuts off gameplay. Right, right. Nothing that makes it pay to win. Right. Nothing along those lines. You might say, oh man, I love D.Va, but I don't like anything. I I want this super awesome retro future punk skin, but I can't get it. Well... You can still play the character until you get it. You know, it's not like Star Wars Battlefront 2 where you can't play Darth Vader at all until you cough up some cash or grind, or play grind, for grind. A thousand hours. Yeah. Uh, Duck Knight 11 says, to me, EA and, and AAA complaining about costs is like F1 complaining about costs. They're making choices that lead to insane investment on detailed tech, which doesn't lead to better entertainment. Very true. Mm. Duck DA World agrees. And that's part of the problem um also interesting with disney stepping in is marvel heroes online disney just shut down uh, it was developed by gazillion who a few weeks ago all of a sudden went silent they were supposed to like put out an update for the thor movie and they didn't so they're like leaving money on the table and when questioned, they kind of said, everything's working normal. Everything's not- we're operating as normal. It's like, no, you're not. You're missing updates. You're not talking to anyone. And then, like, these allegations about stuff the president of Gazillion, who developed Marvel Heroes Online, has done, started leaking out, and apparently they're getting what, what sued. What do you do? Uh, do, you do? Whatever. I don't know. The allegation, nothing Clearsman said, is that he uh, was trying to get, get uh, be a little too friendly with some of the female employees. Uh. That's the implication. Uh, but Disney apparently got sick of it and uh, pulled the license. And so uh, the game got shut down. You have until the end of the month, I think. No, wait, I think it's done. You can't play anymore. Mm. <laughs> so uh, if you liked Marvel Heroes, which was a neat game, but I never got into it, uh, it's gone. Disney pulled that. So just so you know, EA, Disney can and will pull the license if they get mad enough. Yes. And EA does not need that. No. No, they do not. They've taken a lot of heat already, and the only reason the only reason they're they're still in business is because they have uh, the Sims. They have Star Wars and and the Sims. Yeah. They have been milking that Sims cow so hard. Oh God, that cow's got to be almost dead. You would think so, but they keep they keep rejuvenating it and milking the hell out of it, man. They're on Sims Four, and they keep putting out little packs, which just aren't worth it. Uh, Duncan Iowa says Section 8 Prejudice offered a better model. 15 bucks, full game. Tech went into mechanics. Reach. Uh, Reach is what sold. Six, yeah. So that is the story currently with EA. And I salute all the people complaining because they should. 
Uh, EA yeah. needs to be punished for this. Yes. It is bad. I, I've, I, I've watched Max Maxleyal play it, and uh, the single player AI, the, the, the single player, the, the uh, single player storyline is short and very linear and predictable story. And then you, when when it's over, you're like, eh. And the multiplayer, uh, I'm I'm not. He is a huge hater of what he calls Twitch playing, where you know if 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 you jump around and you know and all that stuff instead. Yeah, jump around and zap zap zap. Yeah, and you you win because you 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 can't get hit. You're just better at a mouse than anybody else. I I'm not so much a, a super hater of that, and this isn't as bad as you know other games I've seen. But uh, there, there is no real good mechanic in the game for using cover. I mean, it, you have, it seems to me, I, I don't know the actual algorithm behind it, obviously, but it seems to me that if you're peeking out from behind cover, you have the exact same chance of getting shot as if you were standing in the middle middle of the street ramboing it, you know? I mean, it, it, the, 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 the uh, chances seemed exactly the same to me. Yeah, it so could be. It, it it does it does not seem sound, so yeah, I have to agree with that. That's not I have to agree with uh, with the Duck DA world. It is not a great even multiplayer game. Yep. So, once again, the Battlefront license is horribly wasted. The original Battlefront games were actually very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're on PC, games. they're on console, yeah. but uh, the current ones, one the the current Battlefront games one and two suck. And that's just the way it's going to keep going until someone tells them to stop making sucky games. Right. But then again, EA also made the suckiest of sequels. Dragon Age 2. I didn't play it. Don't. Oh, I won't. Or play Dragon Age 2 and then play 1 and then play 3. Oh, oh, two, so you can grind my soul down. One, so you can re- revitalize me. And well, three, so I can you know keep that well, same level. Well, you play two, so you go, uh, this game's all right. you know. And then you play one and go, oh, God, this game could have been so much better. No, one. no, no. You, you, you play one saying, oh, God, two could have been so much better. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Good. Yeah. And then you play three and say, hey, it's, it's this is really good, too. All right, good. It's, one was my favorite of the series. Excellent game. Three is pretty good. One was the best. Two was. It's a crying shame. That's a comparatively. Two it was. It was a disaster. Yeah, if you didn't have anything to compare it to. It yeah, was I mean, just me. It's not the ending of Mass Effect bad, but uh, that's still the worst ending ever. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a worse ending than the end of Mass Effect Three. Doug Hyde says, "I just hope that Anthem and Titanfall survive this, since EA bought Respawn." <gasps> They're done. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> Garthot has no hopes for this now. Look, okay, I'm going to recommend a video to you. Uh, look up from Guru Larry uh, a video called Five Companies EA, EA Shut Down. Basically, look at all these excellent developers making excellent games until EA bought them. Then EA half-supported them they put out a game that didn't do great and you know, shuttered the company immediately. So basically what EA was doing was really buying competition and destroying it. Right. So if EA just bought a company you like, kiss them goodbye. 
I mean, All look right. look what happened to, you know... Oh, my gosh. I forgot the name of the original developers of uh, Mass Effect and Dragon Age. Origin? It wasn't Origin. What were they called? What were they called, Heathen Dog? I got nothing, man. I got nothing. Anyway. Bioware. Oh, Bioware. Yes, I yeah. recall. Like that when they, Bioware was one of the best RPG yeah. companies in the for world. For a while, yeah. For yes. a while, one of the best, yeah. Yeah, EA bought them. And then they disappeared. Yes. So if you want your company to go downhill, let EA buy them. Yeah, should buy hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, 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 no. They'd lockbox it. Evil Dead would walk the earth. We don't want that. That's because they couldn't they get into hell. With, they'd have to grind to get into hell. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Uh, if you like, subscribe, comment. Uh, check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash LegionMyth. Uh, check out all of our many, many hundreds of hours, maybe even thousands at this point, of oh. content on YouTube. Just look for Legion of Myth. Uh, check out our page on Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash Legion of Myth. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com. Look for Legion of Myth. Tweet us at Legion of Myth. You can now do up to 280 characters, so how could you not? I know, that's great, right? Woo! I hate it, actually. Why? Why? It took... I get to, I get to when, when, when I'm tweeting out on the midweek and the end of the week for the for this live stream, I can actually, you know. I if... I loved that limitation. I loved how it made oh, people be no. short. I, 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 I can put all the at whoever's. That's that, true. That, that's that are nice. in your comics. That's you know? nice. <laughs> because sometimes you do Marvel, DC, and something else. I'm like, I ran out of characters. I can't put all three oh, companies right, on right. here. That's, it is good for that. Uh, <laughs> join our Discord. Join our Facebook Messenger. Or join our Steam community. Steamcommunity.com slash group slash Legion of Myth. And the audio version is available uh, through SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play Music. Or find podcast aggregators ever. Just look for Legion of Myth. I've done that. It works. It does work. 100%. Uh, if you want to support us, you can do through through twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth, uh, patreon.com slash Legion of Myth, a Streamlabs donation at twitch.streamlabs.com slash Legion of Myth, directly through PayPal at paypal.me slash Legion of Myth, or getting our gear at shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. High quality gear, my friends. I like it. Heathen Dog likes it. You will like That's it. Right. Oh, what is this? That says, good show. Last comment. EA's behavior is what leads to crashes. Systematically undermining industry, especially with the Judas Studios, and tipping their own of their own platform. Topping or toppling of their own platform. That's true. I can't yep. argue with that. Wise words, Duncan Idaho. You can check out more Max Leo and Nor Reacuse. Uh, Max streams Tuesdays and Fridays at 1900. He's doing LX. Uh, we already voted for Faction. And that is what he's doing. And you can check his Let's Plays of Kingdom Amler Reckoning. The finale is up. His final review is up. Check that out. And you can also see Noro stream at 1900 Central European World of Tanks. Watch oh. her destroy the competition and mock them while doing so. Oh, my God. Last Wednesday, she was on fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. She got uh, she got four or five kills uh, three matches in a row. It was Damn. crazy. Nice. Yes. She is deadly. Whew. All right. Thank you, everyone. We'd especially like to thank all those who make this possible, especially those who uh, help financially, because we got to thank them. Because uh, we do really appreciate it. Uh, through Twitch, Hicks206, Red Specs Gaming, and Red Specs Gaming. Through Patreon, Hicks206, Sheris, El Garion. Through Streamlabs, Baldahar, Erwin Rommel, The Cool's Hair, The Magical Cackle Fanboy, Spectral Fire, Level Die, Cackle Armor, Heathen Dog, and Alan51. 
So, Heathen Dog, any final words of wisdom? Ooh, jeez. Um, if you spend $60 on a game and it has microtransactions, uh, hope you bought it through Steam, get your money back within the hour's window. That is very true. Remember, everyone, you have one life. Live it well. Live it nerdy. And have a great diurnal anomaly.